With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Liberty and the Law, the podcast series that examines the critical elements of a strong legal defense in criminal cases. Join respected attorney James Dore for this lively discussion on the rights of criminal defendants and the important role defense attorneys play in our legal system. In recent months here on Liberty and the Law, we've, we've kind of just ripped some headlines right out of the current newspapers and um, discussed judicial rulings that were, in some cases, just a week or two old. Today we're going to circle back a few years to look at a case that uh, carries some important implications on similar cases. And we're going to talk about a decision from the Second District of the Illinois Appellate Court. Hi, everybody. This is Jim Mitchell. And as we discuss People versus Patel, Lavelle Law Criminal Defense Attorney James Dore will be on hand to help us understand the specifics of the case. Uh, James, we've uh, got one here that you kind of reached back for a little bit, so I'm looking forward to hearing what you have to say about it. Yeah, Jim, uh, looking forward to talking some summary suspension case law here. And uh, this this decision's a nice decision because it's kind of short and sweet, and I see it used, and it's used in court quite uh, quite frequently. So it's a it's a good case to have on hand for for anybody uh, uh, practicing DUI law. And I'm glad you mentioned that because I looked at it, I thought it was a pretty simple case in its origin, a basic DUI stop that led to a summary suspension of Mr. Patel's driver's license. What what was it about this case that uh, kind of caught your eye? Well, it's nice because it's a nice, simple fact pattern, and it's one that you'll see repeat itself in, in DUI scenarios. You'll see this quite often. Uh, defendant uh, motorist is arrested, charged with two different counts for DUI. Uh, one is based on the officer's observations. The other one's based on the blood alcohol level. And then you, uh, that, that uh, motorist will be given a court date that's usually you know, somewhere 30-plus days out from, from his arrest date. And what, you know, the nice thing about this fact scenario is the motorist got a, def- uh, a defense attorney right away, and that defense attorney was on the ball. He got uh, certain uh, petitions filed and certain requests for discovery uh, filed in time that put a little pressure on the state. Ultimately, they had difficult uh, time producing the uh, materials that the defense attorney had requested. Some, you know, going back to the booking room video, breath tests, accuracy accuracy checks that are done on the breathalyzer, things like that. That you know that that we're entitled to to question or, or ask certain questions about at these hearings. So the uh, the defense attorney did a great job getting these uh, petitions and motions on file and putting this defendant in a good position in front of the judge. Well, well, let's um, kind of kind of walk me through a couple of things here. First of all, you mentioned the summary suspension. So, in in is it a normal procedure if someone is charged with a DUI that that's sort of an automatic step? Is that how that plays out? Right. Uh, in in the public policy behind this is uh, it's the the legislature wants the secretary of state to remove people from the road, uh, DUI motorists uh, in particular. Mm-hmm. And they also want to encourage as a public policy people when they're 
pulled over for arrest or, you know, for DUI and other suspicion that they submit to these breath tests. Um, they want the evidence to, to prove people guilty in court. Um, so there's certain incentives and penalties for uh, either refusing breath tests or taking and failing breath tests. So they set up the statutory summary suspension uh, uh, protocol, and it is a due, press, due process right uh, as a motorist to our license. So you know, we, we are given, uh, and the defense attorneys are given, uh, uh, tools to challenge these suspensions in court. And mm-hmm. you know, it, because it's considered a civil measure and it's not a criminal, it's not considered criminal punishment, the civil rules apply, So, which is, in this case you see, that the defense attorney used the civil discovery rules and you know, in other procedures like subpoenas to kind of put the position, the, the state in a position here where they ultimately, it, it cost them a, a suspension. They had to, you know, the, the defendant was entitled to a rescission of a suspension based on the fact that the state's attorney's office could not come up with the requested materials on time. Yeah, well, let's talk about that. Describe the motion to you. I, I think it, uh, the the ruling refers to Rule two two fourteen. Um, the defense attorney filed that on behalf of Mr. Patel. What what does that entail? What was he looking for with the motions that uh, he or she filed? Right, and, and in this case, like I said, it's, it's, it's summary suspensions are governed by civil law, and that's why there's case law on that. And this is one of those in the civil civil rules of. of procedure and again a defense attorney's got to jump to another set of another volume of, of of statutes but the civil rules govern that so under rule 214 um that is, that is basically one of the one of the discovery motions uh, uh available in a civil scenario um and in this case the, the defense attorney was requesting um booking room video breath test accuracy check records um and probably some other things like police reports. It, the record isn't exactly clear what the state was able to produce and not produce, mm-hmm. but generally you'll find that when you start looking at the breath uh, test records and that sort of thing, that's a little harder for the state to come up with right away than opposed to say a, uh, as opposed to say a police report where you'll have an officer saying, "Here's a copy for you." You know, it's, it's easier for them mm-hmm. yeah. to get that yeah. the whole yeah. thing. So what what happened then? The, the request was made, um, standard request it, it would seem like, uh, and I, I believe the state said sure, you know, we'll we'll get that for you. They came back for the hearing and talk us kind of through the process then. Yeah. So on the thirtieth day, when this case was actually in front of the the judge, or thirty first day actually, um, the state was unable to produce these requested materials. There was some conference held back and forth between the prosecutor and the defense attorney about, you know, hey, do you have this stuff? I don't have it. Um, and ultimately, the judge had to rule uh, as to when the when the case was continued that day, it was assigned. Uh, the defendant was was uh, attributed the delay so that the time did not work against the state um, in continuing the matter because it was continued because the discovery wasn't available. But the defense attorney said. I can't have my hearing because I don't have the materials I need. I need these for to make my case, right? Because in the mm-hmm, summary suspension mm-hmm. law, the defendant's considered the plaintiff. We have to we have to go forward and prevent, present a prima facie case for rescission to shift the burden to the state. So we have to make the case. And without those materials, the argument was the defendant could not make their case. The prosecutor said, "Hey, we're ready," even though they couldn't produce the materials. They still said, "Well, we're still answering ready." And the trial court put the delay on the, the defendant. And ultimately, the appellate court said that was wrong, that the delay should have been attributed to the prosecutor 
for not having the materials available in a timely fashion and not uh, showing due diligence and trying to track them down. Um, it, it, for our listeners, if, if you really enjoy detailed, it, you know, clear, understandable description of court cases and aspects of criminal defense, uh, this, is, this is the right place for you, as you're hearing today. Uh, each month, LaBelle Law Attorney James Dorr visits Liberty and the Law and shares his insights into a wide range of cases and rulings. Um, if you'd like, uh, like to find out more, visit LaBelleLaw.com. You can uh, dig through our archive of uh, past podcasts, read articles, um, get some videos downloaded, um, a lot of information there. Uh, as we talk about People versus Patel, a case from 2019 today, um, James, I know you always like to look at other cases. You know, they mentioned uh, cases such as Trainer and Orth. I know these are ones that you're familiar with. Um, just a quick overview. Should we put these off to a deeper discussion? What can you share with us? Well, it's real simply, the, the Trainer is a decision, and there's different decisions in, depending on which county you go to. But in the second district, Trainer, uh, really, it, it, it's, it governs the time in which these hearings must be held. Um, it generally, when a petitioner files a petition, the state has 30 days in which to give you a hearing. Now there's some case law, 30 days and or the first court date. Um, but at any rate, it has to be held in a timely basis within that 30 days or at first court date, whatever that reasonable time frame is. So the, the statute, you know, the, uh, the trainer governs that, uh, that uh, uh, framework of the summary suspension mm-hmm. timing and when hearings must be held. ORTH also, or, ORTH governs um, this is the hearings themselves. Orth tells us a number of interesting things, uh, one of which is that the, uh, that the petitioner, the defendant here in this case, is entitled to uh, a real hearing, uh, one that's on the merits and not simply a pro forma hearing. So it's a meaningful hearing, which means we have the opportunity to present evidence and cross-examine uh, witnesses, as opposed to something like they rubber stamp saying, oh, well, you were arrested for a DUI, blew over the limit, that suspension looks good, poof, and they rubber stamp it. Like, no, you're entitled to, 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 to question some of that process and some of the accuracy of these machines uh, uh, that, are, you know, that we're relying so heavily mm-hmm. upon. So ORF gives us that framework to, to challenge um, the suspension itself and, and, the, uh, and the accuracy of the, of the, testing, or of the uh, testing devices. And, um, you know, ultimately, if a defendant petitioner puts on enough evidence, it shifts the burden to the prosecutor's to justify the suspension then. So it's, it's a nice case. It's one that, that's used on a daily basis, much like this People v. Patel case. It's one of those that it, it's, you know, it comes up quite frequently. And, and so let's get back to People uh, v. Patel, as you just mentioned, um, what we're talking about today. Um, in, in the first, the, the original case, uh, his, his suspension proceeded. Uh, even though the defense attorney didn't get the materials they requested. So what did the appellate court find? What was their ruling? Yeah. My guess on that one is they, they had some kind of hearing on the, on that, you know, the court date they came back. Um, mm-hmm. And then ultimately the issue was preserved as to whether or not that delay should have been attributed to the defendant rather than the, than the, the prosecutor's office. So when this made it way, its way to the appellate court, again, defense attorney did a great job. He preserved the appeal and followed up on the, the, the issue. So even though the decision came down, you know, almost two years from when the suspension, you know, would have gone into effect roughly, um, mm-hmm. this does have benefits to the defendant. It, it, it cancels or removes 
the the suspension that was in effect, so it rescinds that. Um, it, it's removed from the driving record as far as a, as a valid rescission or valid suspension. So that has certain effects. You know, it, it may or may not have been done. Uh, suspension period it may or may not have been over with at the time this appellate decision came down. But even so, it has some benefit to the motorist um, in removing that from the record. And maybe down the road, too, it may have future benefits. Um, as we have our discussions, uh, I know you like to uh, talk about uh, great uh, work by attorneys. You mentioned it today in terms of building the case and following up on the appeal and um, having all the materials and motions in place. Uh, we, we see that today as we've had in other cases that you've mentioned. And um, certainly we like to reference, uh, you know, preceding cases that are used by, by the trial courts. Um, what about just uh, the work of attorneys or following attorneys for for someone who is um, maybe in law school, a young attorney, I, I know in this particular case, I think you're familiar with, with some of the individuals. You know, what can a young attorney learn by working next to or even watching um, more experienced attorneys at work and the value of that in, in getting a career going? Right. Well, look at the beginning of this. So this. It started with an attorney, a DUI lawyer, the newest stuff, who filed the appropriate motions, put pressure on the state to demand and, and the discovery, and, and, and really to hold them accountable for delays in it. Um, it that the attorney appealed this, which isn't always easy. It's costly and time-consuming, but stuck to it, and we have this favorable decision that you know, I've used that I have just saw not too long ago, an attorney who argued this decision, the judge knew the decision, and it was, it was a, a win for the defense attorney and his client who had a decision, the um, rescission of a suspension. That's a great benefit, and I, I, I'm happy to hand that to any of my clients who deserve it. So um, following good lawyers and good lawyering is, is key, and any chance a young attorney has to watch the older, more experienced lawyers do their thing, it's, it's, it's variable. You're going to pick up uh, uh, good, good tips and good practice uh, habits from watching those lawyers. And so I encourage that at, at any step along that, that process. Well, it's uh, also part of what we do here each month by having uh, Lavelle Law Attorney James Dore join us and talk about these things and I think a lot of great value in what he adds. So we always appreciate that time. And, of course, if you want uh, more information on the types of uh, – exceptional guidance that uh, he can provide, um, give, uh, give the firm a call, 847-705-7555. Visit labellelaw.com. Just a wealth of resources there. And, uh, of course, thanks to James. Thanks to everyone for being here and enjoying the conversation today. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.